Time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. Wait, dude. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Let's get into it. We are back. So much to talk about. Boomer and Valenti. And now, enshrined, Boomer Esiason. What's going on, Boops? Uh, how you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, and uh, it's been a long week for me, man. Not a lot of sleep. Uh, Thursday night's game, deep into the night. Monday night, uh, being back in Cincinnati for the first time since 2017. I mean, I'm shot. I'm exhausted, and this is a Friday, and I cannot wait to dive into my Casamigos once we're over with this show. Yeah, I'm, I'm shot out of a cannon because the Lions, oh, boy, that was a good time. We, need, we have a lot to discuss, so why don't we just dive in? Let's hit the rundown. The NFL Rundown. All right, folks. Now, I understand there's a propensity that I get a little ahead of myself. But I have told people the Detroit Lions have nothing to play with this year. Boomer, are you ready to join the wagon? I've pulled up the motorcycle with the sidecar. We'll put you right in it. Talk to me about it. I mean, that was a freight train that showed up in Green Bay last night. It was a great, it was impressed. great game, very impressive game. And, you know, uh, if you remember week one, I think I did tell you that I thought the Lions were going to win the NFC North, and I still feel that way. And one of the reasons why I feel that way is, number one, love Dan Campbell, and I am rooting hard for him. And I was rooting hard for him when he first took over. He was talking about biting kneecaps. Uh, I, that's a throwback coach uh, for a franchise that has been – Lost hasn't really had a leader of any sort, and now they finally have one. And they made the trade, uh, you know, for Jared Goff, getting rid of Matthew Stafford, and everybody thought that was a win for the Rams. And certainly they went on to win the Super Bowl, so good for them. But Jared Goff has found a home, and he looks comfortable. And what I do love about your Lions is the fact that they have spent draft capital on offensive and defensive linemen, right. and it's starting to pay dividends because you have a competent quarterback that has been to the Super Bowl and they have a two-headed running back tandem now that does not put all the pressure on a rookie in Jameer Gibbs uh, and quite frankly David Montgomery has been uh, a revelation for the Lions He's so awesome. there you have it hey let me give you two things just of note for the people if you don't know who Ben Johnson is you're gonna know he's gonna be a head coach in this league next year Ben Johnson has Whatever link he has with Jared Goff, Booms, and the way they've done this offense, dude, Ben Johnson is going to be a head coach next year. And the other one, Sam Laporta. You're looking for the next big tight end, the next stud, young tight end. Dude, Laporta is every week getting better, Boomer. He yeah. looks very for real. Well, Ben Johnson being the offense coordinator, of course. And, and you know, quite frankly, it's, it's Aiden Hutchinson. It's Penny Sewell. It's uh, Penny Sewell, I should say. It's Jared Goff. It's a good team. It's a really solid yeah. group of guys that you that you like and you're rooting for. And, you know, here we are at the quarter pole, essentially, and we have a feeling that they're going to be the best team in the NFC North, and I think they proved that Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and outside of San Francisco and Philly, they've been my number three. I understand the Cowboys, but we all know what the Cowboys will do in the playoffs. So they'll just tank. <laughs> I've been, um, everybody loves taking pot shots at the Cowboys. I'm a Giants fan. I have to. It's It's birthright. I got to ask you about the Jets, and I understand you're tired of talking about it. I, I, I want to ask you if I'm insane. I've actually reached a point where now I'm starting to feel sorry for Zach Wilson. Like, he doesn't wake up and say, ah, another day, I'm going to be bad today. Like, we know he's not good. We understand there aren't really any options. Now Salah's getting crushed. 
You got the def- you know, oh, he's going to lose the defense. What do the guys in the locker room want him to do? Trot Tim Boyle out there? Like, Boomer, take me through what the hell is going on here, and what, if anything, can Salah do? Well, this is what happens when you don't go all in on a 40-year-old quarterback and you don't really have a backup plan, and your backup plan is going back to where you were last year. And I think that's the frustration that the Jet fan feels. It's a frustration that the Jet player feels. You know, it was interesting. My partner and I, uh, Greg Giannotti, kind of differ on this. I, I, If I were Joe Douglas or if I were Rob Salah, I would walk into the room and say, look, I, I can't take this you know, yelling and screaming on the sideline. I can't take this selfish attitude. Right. And I know that you all want your numbers on offense. I get all of that stuff because I know it's important to you guys and that's how you get paid. But at the end of the day, guys, you know, we went all in and we want to bring in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation that happened to us. Now he is gone for the year. Now we have to rally around this young kid, which is unfortunately uh, is not going to work out as, as smoothly as everybody would like. But don't jump off the, the wagon just yet. I mean, we got, you know, 15 games to go, for God's sake. So um, you would hope that these guys would be professional about it. But the reality is, and you know this because we're in this business and we've been in this business for a long time, that I can see it on the sideline. You can see the frustrations from the running backs to the wide receivers, a new offensive line that got beat up pretty good last week by a good Patriots defensive line. Um, it, it is it is really, it's at a combustible point. Mike, and I, if they get embarrassed at home on Sunday night on national TV, these players will probably revolt in the locker room. Well, and, and that's my point. Okay, so you're Joe Douglas. You're Salah. Like, what, what can you do besides talking? Is there anything from a roster standpoint? And I understand a midseason quarterback trade is damn near unheard of. Is there anything they can do, Boomer? Well, I think they missed an opportunity. What I would have done, now I'm this I'm an armchair GM, so I don't know all about personal relationships and backdoor channels and different things of that nature. So immediately as uh, Aaron Rodgers goes down that Sunday night, I'm on the phone and I'm getting somebody in here of significance. And that would mean the best place to do that would be in the free agent market. And there's two free agents that I could have brought in or three. Uh, I, th- I know that they did reach out to Chad Henney to see if he would come out of retirement. Um, I would have signed myself Carson Wentz. And I know there's a perception that goes along with Carson Wentz, but what is what else is there out there that you don't have to give anything up to get somebody? Yeah. And at least get somebody in here that is somewhat competent. And the problem is there's a perception around that young man in particular that maybe they just didn't want to deal with because they wanted to protect Zach Wilson. I, I'm, I'm, I'm over that now. I'm over protecting yeah. a young kid. You He's no longer be. a young kid anymore. He's a th- third-year player. Last note, I'll give you a name. I don't, I don't even know what you'd give up to get him, and I'm not telling you he's any great shakes, but he plays right here in Detroit. And what about Teddy Bridgewater? Do you make a call? I'm sure they did. I would imagine they have. I'm sure they have exhausted all of their options. You also have to remember that the owner has a say in all of this as well. We, we just think that the coach and the GM you know, have the, the ability to do whatever they want. I don't necessarily know that that's the case in any NFL city. So I'm sure that calls have been made. I'm sure that offers have been made that we don't know about. Um, And uh, all I can tell you is that they've settled on Trevor Simeon. That doesn't seem to excite anybody around here. But then again, who would excite anybody around here? I guess you would have to make a trade for Kirk Cousins, but that's not happening. Not yet. I mean, if the Vikings are sitting here at 0-5 and he's on the last year of his deal. But again, I don't even know the financial parameters. I don't even know if the salary cap's real anymore. I just feel like everybody just prints the money in the sky, and you're like, how? 
How? If, if you and but, I can't figure it out, and we're sports talk hosts, who I can know. figure it out? That's the no thing. No one. I mean, nobody no can. One. That's the answer. And then, and the Jets have backed themselves in the corner by keeping Zach Wilson. All right, let me go to the Dolphins. I know I got ahead of myself, and then they dropped the seventy burger. I just, I feel like this is the team. It's happening right in front of us. That they are the biggest threat to the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC. We get the showdown. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, I mean, Boomer, how far ahead is McDaniel with his play calling? He is obliterating defensive coordinators. He is scheming it up. And and our man, we are a Tua, Tua podcast. Our man Tua is playing at an obscene level. I mean, are you ready? I mean, are, are the Dolphins going to do this for Eddie Scazzeri? Come on. Hey, well, I hope that uh, Tua stays healthy. That's always been the bone of contention for him and Mike McDaniel, and he – certainly have a, a connection like Ben Johnson and Jared Goff have in Detroit. There's no yes. question about that. Uh, they also have speed. This is the fastest team in the NFL. Speed kills. We all know that. And what I do love about it, and I think I told you last week, watching the Patriots and the Dolphins, watching both offenses do what they did, the play design, the play calling, the way that they go in motion for the Dolphins, uh, no other team is doing this. Now, I think other teams will start copying it because it works. And what I'm talking right. about You'll see Tyree Kill maybe line up, uh, you know, right off the right tackle or the right tight end, and then all of a sudden he'll sprint into his motion to his right, and then go right into his route. And he is so fast that he's expanding defenses so quickly that the other guys, whether it be uh, A Chain now or Jalen Waddle, who even didn't didn't even play last week, are involved. There's so much space and so much room. And I said on the NFL today, and I'll say it again here. I compared Tua to the great Joe Montana. And the reason I did that was because of precision. His accuracy, his the ability to anticipate the routes coming open, and his softness and touch on the passes that he's throwing. Very rarely do you see a drop pass in a Dolphins no. game. And that's what it's I was talking about. the most catchable ball in the league. I yeah. mean, it basically just drops right in a basket. And that's what Joe Montana did when I was playing. You know, like I was a bomb thrower. I was throwing the ball all over the field. You know, Joe was precise, and he was he was in that right. Bill Walsh 49er offense. We, we ran that in Cincinnati, but we ran it a little bit differently. But he was the one that threw the most catchable ball, and it was like the touch on it was beautiful. And he and Jerry Rice and John Taylor just had this thing, and Roger Craig out of the backfield. They had this thing together where they just knew, e- knew each other really, really well, kind of like what Tua and Miami are, is going through right now. I know you love when I do this, and by love I mean hate, but we have uh, some coaching malpractice to talk about, and I need to know which one was more egregious in your mind. I texted you about one of them. (laughs) But, I mean, Brandon Staley, own 24, you know, minute 51 to go, goes for it on fourth and one. What? And then Josh McDaniels, not once but twice, hey, I just made the wrong call. I'm going to double down and do it again. No coach in the last 23 years of the NFL, Boomer, has elected to kick a field goal in a regular season game under four minutes, down eight, positive territory. This guy did it fourth and fourth to seven. (coughs) Excuse me. Apologies. I want to throw up. Which one was worse? It's Brandon Staley, uh, without question. Um, I think sometimes we – take this analytics thing to uh, the nth degree, if you will, and we overthink things. And I'm thinking if Brandon Staley just does what every football coach in in the history of football would do at that point, nobody right. could ever criticize him. 
But once you do something like you did and it doesn't work, now all of a sudden you open yourselves to criticism. And unfortunately for Brandon, that's what's happened to him. You know, he has been under scrutiny now for some of these decisions over the last two years ad nauseum. And, and I think we talk about it here, I feel like, every other week. The one thing I have to say is that you got to believe that the Spanos family, the owner of the Chargers, understand what he's doing. Because everybody at the NFL today, including you, because you're the one that this is the one that you texted me about, was saying that is this a fireable offense if they go on to lose this game? Yes. <laughs> uh, That's not hot take radio. When when the players in that locker room lose the belief that you're going to put them in the best situation to succeed, you're done as a head coach. You're done. And what do you think his argument in that locker room is to those players? I don't know. He has pictures of someone. No, I don't know. I know what the argument is. I believe in you. I believe oh, that you please. can get it done. But that, I'm just telling you, that's the reality. I know. I'm not mad at you. Yes. I'm mad at the Don't situation. get mad at me. He's it, ruining it, Justin Herbert. I can't take anymore. How about that game? 40 of 47, 85% completion, over 400 yards and three touchdowns without an interception, without it's a turnover. Unbelie- it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. I got to ask you about the Bears. Because I... <laughs> I'm just – let's keep it simple. It's not just Fields. It's not just the coach. It's not – are we looking at a complete regime redo here at the end of this year? Yeah, I don't know about the GM. I think the GM, Ryan Poles, is probably scouting all the uh, available quarterbacks that will be coming out of college uh, this coming season. Um, the coach, however, I could see a complete blowout there. This is uh, yeah, the goodbye. second year. They were all in on Justin Fields and – Unfortunately, he has not turned the corner. He is, like, stuck in neutral, kind of like the way that uh, Zach Wilson is in New York. Uh, and you think of that draft. It's Trey, Trey Lance, I believe, was in that draft, right? You got uh, Zach Wilson, Zach Trey Wilson. Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm – not you know, they're all struggling right now, I would say. But I think Mac is actually getting better than he was last year. But here's the deal. Yes. This is a redo, I believe, in Chicago. And if they do end up with the number one pick overall – you know it's going to be Caleb Williams. And right. you know then there will be a new coach. There will be a whole new system. Justin Fields will be out of there. But we got a long, long way to go before we get to that point. But I would think that they're thinking new quarterback, and if they go, into, and they go on and they have this really bad year, which looks like it's going to be, I would think that Matt Eberflus is probably on the hottest seat of all. All right, we got about 60 seconds, and I'm not trying to start a fire here. I'm just – do you know what name came to mind when I started thinking about a regime change in Chicago and the ability to take Caleb Williams? Jim Harbaugh. That makes sense. That would Former make sense. Player, you get the quarterback. You had all that success with Kaepernick. I, I, I understand. Nobody's a huge fan of dealing with the guy. But if he wins the Big Ten a third straight year this year at Michigan and I'm the Bears and my fan base wants me dead, that might be a way to get them back. That would be a way to Not get them back. To start a fire. Well, especially if you uh, pair, pair them with Caleb uh, Williams. By the way, Caleb uh, yeah. Williams is a true number one overall pick kind of talent. He's a generational talent. That's not who Colin Kaepernick was. Whoever no, I gets, just whoever, stylistically. I was going to say, but whoever can coach Caleb Williams will be lucky because they will come right out of the gate, and he will be yeah. a huge success. All right, we got a lot to do, and I'm not done. We, I have one quarterback that's not named Zach Wilson I want to bench. We're going to get to that later. Boomer's going to yell at me. It's going to be exciting. We got the picks. I got some data points, which means I'm now on fire picking games. A lot to do. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valeni. 
Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas, the Reposado, the Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos Tequila reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. We are back. We're going to get to the picks in a moment. Boomer's got a pressure index for a little later in the show. And the best of the best because we got a true shootout showdown to talk about. But right now, a little bit of redemption. Exciting. We're getting some data points. It's time for the picks. Picks of the week. Oh, and you know what it is. It's October, which means pip, pip, cheerio. We're going to London. Jags laying three, hosting Atlanta in the brunch bowl. Boomer, what do you got? You know, I'm going to take the Jags here. Um, I think that they were embarrassed last week. Uh, It's a long trip. Uh, They're used to this. Uh, usually they play well. I, I think they play well in London, and I would think they that do. this this is going to be a bounce-back game for them, and Desmond Ritter has been struggling for Atlanta, so I'll take uh, I'll take the Jags. Well, when you say struggling, uh, of the qualified quarterbacks in football, he's the singular worst one. But here's the problem. Lawrence is a favorite, no bueno, and there's something wrong, and we can cover the Jags in more detail later if you want. I, I just – I'm going to blindly take the three, take the running game of Atlanta, a little bounce back. I just – Boomer, I can't trust the Jaguars right now, and you know I love them. It, th- there's something wrong. Yeah, I, I thought that they would be better. I thought that they would start to separate themselves, kind of like the Lions are doing in the NFC North. I thought right. they would be doing that in the AFC South, and lo and behold, C.J. Stroud goes in there and drills them last week. And how about C.J. Stroud? I know we're going to talk about him a little bit later on, but, man, I'll yeah. tell you what, he has caught everybody – you know, by not want to say by surprise, but I think most people didn't think he was going to settle in this quickly for the Houston yeah. Texans. No, no, certainly not. Well, we can get to that game in a minute. Let's go to game number two. America's Browns laying two and a half, hosting the Ravens. I feel so good about this one. I'm taking the Browns, man. The Browns defense is for real. The <laughs> Ravens are injured and beat up. Uh, Miles Garrett is just an absolute game wrecker. And I'm telling you, if you talk about an athletic defense – that can yeah. go against an athletic quarterback, the Browns. So give me the Browns at home. I'll lay the two and a half for the Ravens. Did you see last week when Tennessee was shadowing Garrett and he motions and he goes to the other side of it's the formation? Awesome. And awesome. Two, two guys get up and go, and Garrett's like, hold on a minute. Let me just test this out. He goes to the other side, and they get up again and go with him. But how great is I'm that? With you. That's great. And, uh, and I think Tennessee had to take a timeout. Yeah. I, 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 like, I love the Browns' defense. You nailed it with Jim Schwartz and the, that, that being one of the most impactful hires. Watson was okay last week. It's tepid, but you know what? I still do not like when they need Lamar in a big spot. I think he comes up light. I'm taking the Browns. Let's go. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. This is a game. This is a game you got to hold your nose. Broncos laying three and a half on the road at the Bears. All right, so I'm going to take the Broncos here, and I'm going to tell you why. Use your veto. Just do yourself. Well, well, right now, I may use my veto later on. That's when we use it. Um, I'm taking the Broncos here because, boy, you talk about embarrassing. You talk about tucking your tail and, you know, coming back and looking, licking your wounds. I would imagine that Sean Payton showed everybody that film. I was telling the guys here at WFAN in New York that most coaches in a scenario like that will make everybody sit in the room and watch the effort of the other players on your team. And they will be embarrassing everybody in that room. That's why I think this is a bounce back spot for them. And the Bears, like we talked earlier, are a mess. It's a bounce back spot. 
But they have no – it should be illegal when you give up 70 to be favored by north of a field goal the next week. I will bet the team that no one wants to touch. I will take the Bears with the points. Who was embarrassed Got more it. last week, the Broncos Boomer. or the Bears? Boomer, that's like grading out getting hit by a semi who got hit worse i mean it's a and b you're dead either way let's go bengals laying two and a half at the titans you know what to do uh well listen i can't go against my bengals sorry about that you have to there can't be emotion i can't there is emotion in there listen they they put me in the ring of honor on monday night uh i saw them up close and personal i finally saw their defense really make a stand and i i think their defense is the reason why And I will say that Joe Burrow is playing hurt, and he is trying to protect himself. He got his contract. He's got his guaranteed money. That really has nothing to do with this discussion. What it does have something to do with is the pride that he has going out there knowing that he's about 75%. He cannot run with the football. Uh, He's smart enough to protect himself. You could see that he's off. What I would like to see the Bengals do is speed up their offense. And I'm not talking about a no-huddle offense. I'm talking about in and out of the huddle as quickly as possible because you have one of the best and smartest quarterbacks in the league. And I'm not – I don't trust Ryan Tannehill, by the way, against this Bengal no. defense. No, no, listen. The Titans play is just a trend thing. It's Vrabel at home as an underdog. Tremendous numbers. They got embarrassed. Maybe a bounce-back spot for them. Look, I ain't telling you I feel great about it. I just – I know my duty. I have to take the home dog here. Eagles laying eight, hosting the Commanders. Yeah, Sam Howell struggled last week. Uh, He was under duress. Buffalo was all over him. And I'm sure Philadelphia is looking at that tape going, okay, we got to heat this kid up because he will make a mistake, much like the Patriots did to Zach Wilson. So I'm going to take the Eagles. I'll lay the eight. And I know it's a division game. I know uh, it's a home game. And this looks like, you know, maybe the Commanders could keep it close. I just don't see that. Yeah, Scones, this will be one of my vetoes, brother. Uh, if I had to pick it, I would probably agree with Boomer and take the Eagles. That front, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis against that offensive line, woof. Uh, but I'm going to sit that one out. Saints laying three and a half, hosting the Bucks. Famous Jameis, back under center, man. You know what to do. Come on. Uh, I know you want me to take the Bucks. You know I do. I know you do. Um <laughs> Bucks defenses are real. I mean, the Saints defense is for real, though, man. They are they are for real, and I I just you know Baker could struggle here. I I think I'm I think the Saints are going to win the game, but I think the I think it's going to come down to a field goal. So That's I am right. uh, so I'm going to take the Bucks on the uh, and the points. Just mark it down twenty three twenty final. Saints win. Boomer and I win. America wins. Everybody's happy. Bucks. That's right. Another game. This should be illegal. Minnesota. Laying four and a half at Carolina. I'm taking. A, I'm going to take Carolina here, and oh, it looks like God. But it looks like Bryce is going to be playing. Bryce Young is going to be playing in this game. He's practicing. He sat out, watched Andy Dalton open the offense for the Carolina Panthers. I know Justin uh, Justin Jefferson is going to go off in this game. Probably going to be his best game of the year. Um, I think the Panthers will. They'll keep it close. You watch, and I think Bryce Young will have his best game. You know I like Frank Reich. I know you do. You know I believe this will work. I just – I can't with Bryce Young right now. Okay. I, I, I'm going to take the Vikings. God, I hate that selection. I will take the Vikings. I, Boomer, I do. I feel filthy taking the Vikings. Uh, this Now, here. You ready? Yeah. May as well flip a coin. This game, no read. Rams laying one and a half at the Colts. Uh, huh? Now, <laughs> I, I, want, I want Minshew to play. 
I want him Are to we be putting in a plan here? Uh, I don't know, but I, I like I like him, man. Did you see what Shane Sykin said about him after the game? He said, man, we are so lucky to have Gardner Minshew as our quarterback. And I'm like, wait, but you just got Anthony Richardson yeah. in the draft. Uh, but he's a winner. Yeah, I he's know he is. And this is why, and he thinks that he's a starter, which is what I love about him. Like yeah. he forget the situational where he think he wants to play. I'm taking the Colts at home. I love what he did. I'm not sure who's playing quarterback. I'm not sure if Anthony Richardson is out of concussion protocol as we speak right now. But if Gardner Minshew plays, I'm taking him. If I played it, I would agree with you. But I, this is going to be my second veto. It's just it, there's no value. It's just a coin flip. Um, Steelers laying three on the road at the Texans. God help us. I know what we're doing here. Come on. Just say it. Just say it to the crowd. Oh, You this, have to do it. I, I would, I'm taking the Steelers, but this is probably no. one I'm – Yes, this is one I'm, I'm vetoing. I'm not, I'm not picking this game. Yeah. And that's fair because the number, you're taking the worst of it. This was up at four and a half. Now you're taking a flat three. I totally get it. I think for me, listen, there may be nobody outside of Brandon Staley in football I think less of than Josh McDaniels. I just view what the Steelers did. I mean, first of all, Pickett got away with a pick six early. That was a joke. Then you had whatever their game plan is in Vegas. They can't run it. Jimmy G, I I don't get anything they're doing. And then the field goal to let the Steelers off the hook. I don't think the Steelers are any good, Boomer. And the Texans O-line getting healthier. Stroud is actually middle of the pack, outperforming guys like Brock Purdy, if you value analytics. I'm going to take the Texans here. They have some weapons. I think the Steelers stink. I don't think they should be laying three. I'll take the Texans. I'll, I'll lay on the grenade for the crew here. I'll take the text. All right. I'm just telling you, a rookie defense, a rookie going against that 34 defense of the Steelers with TJ Watt playing the way he's playing. Oof. I know. It's a terrible idea, but this is me. Chargers. Here, you want a bad idea? Ugh. Go ahead and bet this next game. Chargers who can't get out of their own way, who try to beat themselves, laying six against the Raiders that are the equivalent of a clown car. Yeah, Go well, ahead. I, I, I'll tell you, I'm taking the Chargers. I, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing. I think he's in concussion protocol. And, if, you know, I mean, like, you're going to tell me that the Chargers coming off of that win last week, luckily, uh, at, at the hands of the Vikings, are not going to come back here. And I know. Justin Herbert is not going to be stopped all year long. The only thing I worry about there is they lost Mike Williams for the year, unfortunately, for that young man who keeps getting hurt. I just think the Chargers' offense is too powerful, too good for the Raiders' defense. With you. And here's the other thing. I don't care if it upsets people. He's a beautiful man but he stinks. I'm tired of hearing about Jimmy G. I'm tired of hearing about the completion percentage. Tired of hearing about the win percentage. You know what? The minute a play breaks down and everything's not perfect, he turns into a pumpkin. So I don't want to hear about him anymore. Chargers, lay the six. I'm with you, Booms. Niners, laying 14 to the cards. You know what to do. Yeah, I know. I want to take the Cardinals. No. No. You sell high. Yeah. Did you see Cardinals them? are at their zenith? I know that, but did you see them perform? But have you seen them perform the last three weeks? I mean, all three weeks, Listen. Gannon's got them playing tough. And the fall from grace is really brutal. Hey, here's an idea. Trivia. Can you bet a team whose own quarterback can't buy his jersey at the team store? The answer is no. You got to take the Niners here. They're a freight train on 10 days rest. So this and is the Cardinals, a, everyone's telling them how pretty they are. This is a 40-10 to 10 game is what you're telling Damn me. Damn right. 
40 freight to 10 train. Game. All right. Well, you, you talked me you talked me into it. I got it. I'll take the Niners. Yes. I'm going to feel terrible if that doesn't work out. Uh, Cowboys. I, by the way, I'm putting an asterisk <laughs> next to that to remind me. You, listen, if you want that to be a, a dinner deal that I owe you one, if the Niners don't cover, yep. I'm a man of conviction. Pencil it in. Got it. Cowboys, lay the seven, host in the past. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys at home, man. I think uh, this is a bounce-back game for Mike McCarthy's crew. They're embarrassing another long week, much like it was for the Broncos and for the Bears and everybody else. So I think the, I think the Cowboys come back and – I think they'll cover Same. the number here. Same. Chiefs laying nine and a half at the Jets. Confirm Taylor Swift will be at MetLife. Yeah, I'm, take, I'm taking the Chiefs, man. I just I don't trust the Jets <laughs> offense. I can't see them scoring any points unless, of course, Patrick Mahomes has an off night or he gets hurt. So I'm taking the Chiefs and laying a nine and a half. It, it's, it's, a, it's a historical play. Mahomes and Reed are awful at covering big spreads. They're elite at covering small ones. I can't believe I'm going to take the Jets. Oh, my God. I'm going to take the Jets. <laughs> Would this you normally bet this game? No. I'm only picking these because, listen, on the podcast that I do that is sports betting, Cash the Ticket, shameless plug. Yeah. No, I select four or five games a week. I give leans on other things. Yeah. But I'm required here. I take the Jets. All right, so I mean, no, I would never bet my money on this. All game. right, so you would never do that, but you had a great week here last week. You were nine and four last week. I know, and that's listen. It's not easy. Let's go to the last one. Okay. <sighs> Giants laying one, host in Seattle. Just tell me, tell me this is going to work out, please. Well, the Giants please. should be healthier on offense. You know, I feel like we haven't seen them for nope. like three weeks. Although it's only been ten, 10 days, and they're going to have what fully a blessing. Rested. Full, fully healthy offensive line. This will be Daniel Jones's best game. But I just do not like the Giants' defense. They don't tackle well. They don't cover anybody. And Geno Smith and that group of wide receivers will put up huge numbers. I think this could be a highest-scoring game of the week, by the way. Yeah, it could be. I, I mean, it's the Giants off 10 days rest. I love teams that went on the road, got destroyed, come home, rested, cross-country flight. Not as big of a deal with the time. But still – if the Giants are even going to be a seven-win football team, this is a spot you win this game. You it's also have to. it's also a spot you could have a Casamigos. All right, fair. Why don't you tell the people about it? That's, I might need one the way the Giants play. Go that's ahead. exactly right. What goes great with football? It's Casamigos tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink and make sure you have plenty of on hand for the Week Four games, whether it be on Yeho, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. Casamigos tequila. Reminds our friends to celebrate responsibly. So celebrate responsibly, my man. You hear me? Yes. Hopefully Wink Martindale calls the defense responsibly. More to do. <laughs> Lots happening. I got a question for you about a guy I want to bench. We got the pressure index. And, of course, the best of the best. All coming up next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right. Final segment. Tons of stuff to get to. I got to bench somebody. We got the best of the best. We're going to spend a, a few minutes on a premium matchup in the AFC. And then Boomer's final word with the pressure index where Zach Wilson's not eligible because I, there's nothing to talk about. Uh, Boomer, I have to ask you this. And I know it's hot take. It's radio. But I, I, I think I can build a credible case here. There is a playoff caliber team that is being ransacked by their quarterback. Of 34 eligible quarterbacks, this young man is dead last. He's completely ineffective. 
He cannot process. He does not take shots. He holds the ball too long. And I think the backup could give them a better chance at winning. I give you Desmond Ritter. Can, can we please, for the sake of Arthur Smith and a good team, sit this kid down, please? Sorry. So this is one of two teams this offseason that decided to stand pat with somebody that they drafted. And the Washington Commanders were the other ones with Sam Howell, who struggled last week against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Desmond is obviously going through it right now, not understanding and not reading and not processing quickly enough. Uh, when you watch Tua, when you watch the great Tom Brady, all the great quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, all these guys at the top, Justin Herbert, who's on firing on all cylinders right now, what they do is they read the defenses, they know exactly where they're going with the ball before their back foot hits, and the ball is out. And they are anticipating their receivers to be open and, and trusting their receivers to be where they're supposed to be. Um, Desmond right now, along with Zach Wilson, along with Sam Howell, along with some of these other younger quarterbacks, uh, Justin Fields in, in Chicago is another one. These kids are really having a hard time going through their progressions and getting rid of the football. And what, what do they do is they end up getting nervous. The ball flies away on them. They're inaccurate. Yeah. And then they rely on their athleticism to try to get them out of trouble. And that's not the way you're supposed to be playing the position. So what I see is a kid that really is not feeling comfortable on the field and it's really showing up in his accuracy and his lateness with the football. I think if you go to Heineke, you have a better shot to win. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, 100%. I understand. They, they spent a second-round pick. I understand it's not fantasy land. I don't get to do whatever I want. I'm just saying you have a playoff-caliber team in a soft division. That kid is getting you beat. So I had to ask you because I know the easiest thing to do is scream about benching a quarterback. Boomer, I've seen enough. But here's, I, I just, here's, what, here's what I will say. It's okay to sit a kid down if he's not playing as well as you think he should be playing. Let the other guy go in. Let him right. settle everything down. Maybe you see on the practice field that Desmond is physically more gifted than Taylor is. But Taylor may be the guy that go in there, fight a little bit, go out there and run, make a first down, uh, right. understand get the, the offense a little bit better, and get everybody kind of galvanized. And maybe they win a couple games and Desmond's sitting there and he's watching from the sideline and itching to get back in there. So there's nothing wrong with doing that. Okay, just making sure. I'll tell you now, if they're struggling in London, that's the first move I'm making if I'm Arthur Smith. I am not going to let that kid drag my season to the bottom of the ocean. Um, all right, let's get to the best of the best. This week's best of the best. It's as good as it gets, man. Like you wait for showdowns like this. Bills. Dolphins, Bills lay in two and a half, but let's just talk football at the start here. Boomer, how much a premium you put on this game early in the season? Miami trying to prove themselves. The Bills still top dog in the AFC East. I mean, this is this has a heightened value to it, right? Well, it does uh, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's uh, for the division, you know, lead, and, and you want to own the division. You want to win the division, and you want to win games within your conference, and that all leads to – you know, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And if we learned anything last year, the Dolphins felt like they could go up and win in, in Buffalo, cold weather, playoff game, and Skylar Thompson was the quarterback. And damn well, they almost won the damn game. I know. So, you know, if I'm the Dolphins, it's still early in the season. Nobody else is thinking like this. We are in the media, of course, because these games have such significance when it comes to playoff seating later on in the year you got to win these games, and nobody's playing better right now than the Miami Dolphin offense. But I will say this. 
the defense for the Bills has been tremendous the first three weeks of the season, although they haven't played great offenses. You know, they played the Raiders at home. They should have won that game. They did. They played Washington last week with a second-year quarterback in Sam Howell, and we're all over him. And they played against uh, Zach Wilson week one, and they probably would have won that game hadn't Josh Allen turned the ball over as much as he did. So I don't know how good that defense is right now. So, I don't know well, if it's fast enough to go with this offense of the of the Dolphins. So that's what I was going to ask you. So another team that I think is unathletic is the Patriots. It's just not an athletic team. It's not an athletic defense. And we saw what Belichick tried to do against McDaniel, which was at times having three safeties. We're going to play soft. But what the Dolphins are able to do this year, they weren't able to do last year, is counterpunch. Not just being patient, but Boomer. They're rolling two, three running backs out there. They're able to hit you five, seven, eight yards at a time. If you're the Bills, what is the move? How do you even begin slowing down what Miami's doing conceptually? Well, I'll tell I'll tell you one thing. It's first and foremost, it starts with pass rush. And you know, Tua is not a guy that's going to run with the ball. You know, you know where he's going to be. I mean, he'll move a little bit. Uh, right. That's not his game. His game is you know timing. It's based on timing. It's based on uh, you know reading the defense and understanding where to go with the ball uh, quickly. Uh, you have to change coverages on him. He is really locked in to McDaniel's offense. And McDaniel's, by the way, the way that they're calling their plays uh, is 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 amazing. I love the way the creative design. I love the new motions that they have, uh, the quick motions that are giving their 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 wide receivers a running start. But what we saw last week, we saw a team that could also run the ball. Like they're not just built around Tyree Kill. This is a multifaceted offense where the quarterback is just totally in sync with the play caller. And it's just amazing to watch. But I also know going into Buffalo in front of 80,000 screaming Buffalo Bills fans is not an easy place to play for opposing quarterbacks. So let me ask you a question. It is, and I, on surface, this will sound silly, but work with me. When I'm watching Miami, it reminds me of elite college offenses, right? Where schematically you're, you're three levels above your opponent. And from a talent standpoint, my players are better than yours. And it just looks hopeless for defenses, right? So what you do collegiately is you can make a choice, and the choice is havoc. We're willing to get beat deep and burned a couple of times because we're going to blow up some stuff. We're going to knock a ball down. We're going to create a sack strip fumble. Is, is, is there any sense in maybe ratcheting up the aggression and going, look, if we, if we sit back, they're just going to have a seven-on-seven seven drill. If we get up and mug the line of scrimmage a little bit, two is undersized, their O-line's not great, it's played well, is there any sense in what I'm saying, or am I just trying to find a way to slow these guys down when there isn't one? Well, I think you also have to take into account that you have a great quarterback on the other side. You know, we, Josh Allen's fantastic. In the last two weeks, he didn't turn the ball over nearly like he did in week one. And when he plays like that, they have been virtually unbeatable. They lose because he ends up turning the football over, and that's the only reason they lose. And it's when those turnovers appear uh, that has really killed the Bills, uh, especially in the biggest of games. So um, I, I'm aggressive offensively for sure. Defensively, I'm going to try to take a page right out of the, the playbook of the, of the Patriots, and you're going to try to contain these guys as best you can. And as a defense, I know what they're talking about. You've got to rally to the football. You've got to gang tackle uh, these great, but diminutive wide receivers, you know, they don't yeah. like getting hit. You know, this I, Tyree kill is like a, you know, he's built very muscular, but he's, he's small and he's diminutive. So that means you got to go out and you got to go hit these guys. And I'm sure that they are 
talking about that as a defense without question. But, you know, this is not a team devoid of offense on the other side. This is a team that can throw up 30 points on anybody as well. So I think this is another high-scoring game. I think Seattle and the Giants are going to be really high-scoring, and I think this one's going to be really high-scoring as well. Who's your pick? I'm going to take the Dolphins. Um, and the reason I'm going to do that is because their speed is evident, and it's evident all over the field. And I had no idea that A-Chain was as fast as he is. And that's oh, the thing that champion. scares me. It's a track team. You know what it reminds me of? It is this this generation's version of the greatest show on turf. This is Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt and Marshall Falk all over again. Yep. Uh, look, I mean, I just have a problem after they've played so well and they put up 70 last week. It's like a dream sequence. I just wonder if it, if we get a little bit of regression to the mean. Bills, it's under three. I'll lay the two and a half. I'll probably be disappointed, but I just – there's an element of it, Boomer. I just can't believe it could continue this way. Uh, if it does, we're watching the the what the second 600 point team in the history of the sport. I think the 13 Broncos were the last one to do it. Maybe we're looking at another one. All right. Well, think uh, about this. They they average over 500 yards per game on offense, and the Bills average giving up only about 250 a game. Something's got to give, and yeah, this is the best I'll, offense the Bills will see all year. I'll go free roll. I'll take the Bills. You're on the Dolphins. I just can't wait to watch it, period. And, no, in real life, I will not bet this game. This is football fan watch greatness game. Uh, let's get to the final word, shall we? Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. All right, folks, what do you got for us this week? All righty, so we always talk about a pressure index, and a couple quarterbacks, a couple coaches, I think, are on the hot seat and really have to play well this week. Of course, I think Justin Fields uh, going against the Broncos, who just gave up 70. So the Bear fan is probably sitting there going, you know, we, we if we can't score against this defense and look what happened to them last week, um, then this is this is a point where you know maybe Matt Eberflus has got to come to grips with what's happening around them because they they went out right. and spent money on offense. So I think Justin Fields, without question, uh, Trevor Lawrence over in London. Uh, this was a, a horrendous loss on their part last week to the Houston Texans. They should be running away with the AFC South. You tell me what is going on with Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence. He should be better. They should be better. And this I is can a only U- offer a simplistic take that they've made the transition from being the hunter to the hunted. And it's different. And it's a new year, and all that momentum last year is gone. It doesn't matter. You're a new team, and I still think, Boomer, the fatal flaw. They're very similar to Jets in this regard. It's the O-line. It's just not good. Well, in this case, you're going against Desmond Ritter. So the defense should be able to keep you in a game, and the offense should be able to score. And, you know, Trevor's just got to be better. So, I look, it's the quarterback. He's a big name. He's a great kid, uh, but I think, you know, in London, this is kind of their home away from home, as we all know. He's got to play well. Uh, how about Jameis Winston down in New Orleans? So they go out and they get their car, give him all this money, and, of course, he gets hurt. And now it's Jameis's team. They lose on the road, giving up 17 points to the Green Bay Packers. And now, all of a sudden, they come home. They got a game against the Bucs. It, it's within the division. They have the best defense. They have a tremendous amount of offensive players. I think Alvin Kamara should be back this week. And you got to believe that Jameis Winston has got to be licking his chops that this is my chance to get the job back. So go out and prove it. 
Yeah, and if he looks good, he earns a starting gig somewhere else next year as a placeholder. I mean, it's a it's a it's an opportunity to make money, quite honestly. No, the last thing, real quick, is just Fields. I want to go back to what you said about the Bears. There has to be an element where they let this kid run. So just keep an eye on it. I mean, it, it, it's to a point now he's, he's getting two design runs a week. It's like, guys, figure it out. He can't throw it. Just cut him loose, right? Let him go. <laughs> I, you know, he says he wants to be let go too. But, you know, there's a lot more than just being let go, Mike. You, you got you got to be a leader of the team, and the team has got to know that you know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, then the team is going to implode from inside. And losing does that to teams. That's why Zach Wilson is under so much pressure here in New York as well. Yep. Well, listen, we're at the quarter poll. We'll have some of that stuff next week for you. More picks, more conversation. Sit back, enjoy the games. It's actually an incredible weekend of games. Uh, for Boomer Zeiss and I'm Mike Valeni. That is kickoff, and we will talk to you next week. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.